0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consiglary Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. With six teams on a bye this week, the most of the year, this episode will cover some upside desperation plays, along with general advice for Week 9 and the rest of the season. First, someone that I've talked about who still remains available in many fantasy leagues is Rams rookie running back Kyron Williams. Last week with Daryl Henderson dealing with an illness, Cam Akers still being inactive, and hoping for a trade, with the deadline being later today. In Los Angeles, looking for a spark offensively, they gave undrafted rookie Ronnie Rivers 12 touches in the loss to the Niners. He only totaled 36 yards, but I'd say the whole situation bodes well for Williams, who head coach Sean McVay said could be activated this week. To be the starter for the Rams and a definite difference maker, as I've said multiple times in the past, Williams is a well-rounded player. That will instantly become one of the NFL's best pass protectors in the backfield and can catch passes for Matthew Stafford at a very high level. So if Williams is still available in your league, he should be one of the top ads of the week. And because the Rams sit at 3-4, and four, I wouldn't be surprised if they immediately started Williams and gave him 12-15 to 15 touches this week against the Bucks. The other big pickup I'd make after he was mistakenly dropped in quite a few leagues is picking up Romeo Dobbs if he's on the wire for you. Dobbs had a quiet stretch in October, but he finished strong with four receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday night. The score was a highlight grab in the corner of the end zone that displayed Dobbs's talent. And the uncertainty regarding Alan Lazard's shoulder could make Dobbs a number one wideout this week for a great matchup against the Lions. So we have him as our wide receiver 20 in our Week 9 rankings. With Dobbs' teammate Sammy Watkins being one of them, it's a good time to transition to some of the Hail Mary options I said I'd mention. The veteran only saw one target last week against the Bills, but it was a tough catch along the sideline, and he notably played a season-high 79% of the team's offensive snaps. The matchup this week against the Lions will be much easier. And although Green Bay should continue playing through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Detroit just fired defensive backs coach Aubrey Pleasant, and the secondary had no answers for Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill last week. So as a flex option or cheap DFS target, I like the outlook for Watkins. If Alan Lazard is out again, a few spots above Watkins in our rankings is Joshua Palmer, who will take on the Falcons with Mike Williams dealing with high ankle sprain that could keep him out multiple weeks. Palmer will be the clear wide receiver two for the chargers. And he's notably someone that Austin Eckler talked up on his own fantasy football podcast. So Palmer should be a solid wide receiver three and worth picking up as a start. If dropped over the chargers by week, there are definitely quite a few high upside options to consider this week at wide receiver including three-on-one team, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Miko Hardman, and Kadarius Toney for the Jeeves. Based on pure upside, valdez Gantling is probably the best target for Week 9 lineups, but he didn't catch a pass a couple of years ago versus Tennessee when he was with the Packers, and I'm guessing it'll take a deep ball for him to pay dividends. For Hardman, he had three touchdowns in the win over San Francisco before the bye, and I feel like he's been one of the most overlooked players in the league for whatever reason. But he's had fantasy point totals of 10, 11.7 and 26 in each of the past three games. And it will be interesting to see what kind of fun plays are created by Andy Reid with him being joined by Darius Tony on the offense for this week. Tony probably won't have too big of a role, but Kansas city paying a third round pick and a six round pick to acquire him could really make him the long-term number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. So in redraft leagues, Tony certainly has flex potential when he becomes a bigger part of the offense and in dynasty formats, now is definitely the time to invest with the Chiefs after the season, potentially moving on from all three of Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez-Scantling, and Hardman, which would clear a path for Tony to put up big-time numbers catching passes from homes. For Sky Moore, I was never really high on him. The landing spot made him someone that can definitely make an impact if he were to earn expanded playing time, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's inactive this week, and Kansas City probably wouldn't have felt the need to acquire Tony if they were satisfied with what they've gotten from Moore to begin his career. On the other side of the field in that Sunday night game, Robert Woods gets boosted into the clear wide receiver three ranks for what will probably need to be a shootout if Tennessee is going to win. But if Ryan Tannehill plays, I think the pass catchers, most notably Woods, and maybe even Austin Hooper at tight end, will have perhaps their best outlooks of the season. Three more names to keep an eye on for Week 9 at wide receiver, James Prochet, who saw his most playing time of the season on 63% of the team's offensive snaps last Thursday night. Should again have a nice role with Rashad Bateman out multiple weeks. Khalil Shakir, who could have the edge over Isaiah McKenzie, working the middle of the field this week versus the Jets. And for the first game of week nine, Quez Watkins against the Texans. We have Jalen Hurts as our top quarterback play for the week, playing in his hometown of Houston for the first time. So I could definitely see him uncorking a deep ball to Watkins with Lovey Smith's defense preoccupied by A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Also, now for someone you're definitely going to start at wide receiver, despite the one-catch performance last week, is Devontae Adams, who we actually have as the top wide receiver play of the week. Maybe it's just me being paranoid because I'm facing him in my main league, but I feel like Adams will go off against the Jaguars, and the Vegas passing attack in general should rebound, despite a shutout loss against the Saints. So with Adams being down to the 7th most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel, I think there's value there to use in DFS lineups. I'll finish off with some other targets for this week for daily fantasy lineups. DeAndre Swift didn't have the role that fantasy owners would have liked in his return last week, and he's never really done great against the Packers in his career, but I just get the feeling that he could have a big game based on how Green Bay has played versus the run, including both Devin Singletary and James Cook ripping off some chunk gains against him on Sunday night. So I like Swift as an RB1 despite the presence of Jamal Williams. And it's obviously a plus that Swift saw five targets against Miami and caught a touchdown. Kyron Williams I already mentioned for the Rams if he ends up suiting up for the first time since the opener. But another rookie is Isaiah Pacheco versus Tennessee. He averaged over five yards a carry in his first career start. And Pacheco should only be more involved as the season progresses with Kansas City looking to maximize their offense. And for the Chicago backfield... It looks like Khalil Herbert is making a strong case to at least make it a 50-50 split with David Montgomery. The second-year runner only played 22 snaps last week, but he was given the ball 16 times for 99 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So Herbert is a weekly flex, with the Bears committing to more of a run-heavy offense, including using Justin Fields on the ground. One last guy to mention is Mike Isicki versus the Bears. The Dolphins have finally, unlike previous years, targeted Gasicki consistently in the red zone. So even though the floor is low, he's worth considering as a star every week. The Bears have been pretty good defending opposing tight ends from a fantasy perspective, but losing Roquan Smith traded to the Ravens should help boost the matchup for Gasicki. And I think he can find the end zone again with the aggressive Chicago secondary being focused on stopping Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So this was a somewhat shorter episode. I feel like that's worked out well in the past. The one that was five minutes a few weeks ago was, I think, one that mentioned Travis Etienne and I believe Kyron Williams as well. So hopefully if you're in a bi-week bind, you're able to hit on an upside target that will help you win in week nine. For subscribers, you can find our full rankings and analysis on WolfSports.com, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Until next time, thank you for listening, and best of luck this week. I'm Don Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Consigliary Podcast.